Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We've got a coup, a coming-of-age ceremony, and a bunch of guys who just want control of that throne. Stay tuned as we discuss Catherine the Great. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV Talk. Now, Buzz. Hey everybody, welcome to our very first AfterBuzz TV recap of Catherine the Great. We have a coup to talk about, we have a coming-of-age ceremony, and with me, I've got two amazing co-hosts. We are joined by Haley. Hey guys. And Benjamin. Hello everybody, good to be back. Yeah, I am so excited to talk about this show, especially all the German involved. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... Be sure, we're going to go through all of the content of this week and analyze it, but be sure to stay tuned until the end. We've got a couple of special segments. We've got a gossip relationship segment, we've got our historical and accuracy segment, and we've got some news and predictions. So be sure to keep watching or you'll miss it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What a show. (laughs) We've got a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, especially for all of us who love history so much. All right. Before we dive in, um, and we just have so much to to cover with the history, let's just start with the fact that we meet Catherine pretty quickly at the top of the show, and we see her going to the Schlüsselburg prison. What did you guys make of that? And we meet so many people. We meet um, we meet prisoner number one. Right. Uh, we meet Merovich, and we actually just kind of get a sense of who Catherine is. So, what did you guys what did you guys think of Catherine in this scene? Like, how did it set the stage for you? you it made her seem very powerful. I don't know why. Like me watching her go like visit prisoners was like just like such a power move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I thought she was gonna do something. Yeah, I felt like when <laughs> when she got in, I felt immediately that she has power. I mean, I think Helen Mirren, as we all know, she's a great actress, right? So she really portrayed that very well. In the first second, I was like, "Oh my god, what is she going to do?" And I feel like this guy, I knew immediately the, the relationship between these two. You know what I mean? Because I felt like, okay, she did something very bad. I had a feeling. Yeah, and he should have been in her position or something. That was I. And we know from the start of the show that all they really tell us up front, for anyone who's not familiar with history, is that there was her husband, Peter Peter III, was the czar, and that within like six months, she overthrew him and became the empress, and then he died mysteriously. Of course. That's all we know. Of course. So (laughs) from going into it like that, and the fact that Helen Mira is the actress playing Catherine... I didn't know how to, like, take Catherine at first. Right. I thought that Mirovich was dead. Like, I thought, like, he was going to die, like, in that scene. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt like, at the beginning, I felt like she's very powerful, but then also very, even, like, still insecure. I think she knows how much power she has from outside. Yeah. But then, 
like watching her, how she's behaving in front of people and then also kind of almost talking to herself, I feel like she's still kind of insecure. I totally agree with you on that. Because she's like, oh my God, I still feel like that everyone is against me, even that I'm like, you know, the emperor right now. Yeah. That was very interesting to see these kind of opposite feelings. And that paranoia. Oh, yeah. She's a woman in power. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 And and with that, with the paranoia, and I I just thought that she was going to snap on Mirovich, have someone execute him right on the spot and then go. But she didn't do that. Yeah. And so to me, that completely shifted my expectations of what I was going, what she could have done. Because if she, like you said, she did show that she had a lot of power, but she showed it without actually doing anything. It was just her presence. I feel like. I mean, like watching her the first episode, I feel like she is kind of a woman who who's not really cruel or really like that brutal. Yeah. But I think now she's real, realizing being in that position, she has to change a little bit. I think she becomes even more brutal. And we see that in the first episode right at the end. I don't want to talk about yeah. it at the beginning, but we see that she changed already in the first episode, right? She was like, all of a sudden... Yeah, we have to do this. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And I think, like, speaking to that, the whole theme of the episode is this idea that she is a female in power in 1762. This, presumably, we're dealing with 1770 at this point because that's when her son Paul actually has his coming of age. Mm -hmm. So, presumably, that's the year we're at, even though they didn't quite say it. Right. Um, But we're dealing with a woman who is, she's ruling at a time when women did not rule, and she there's all of these people around her who want to take that power away from her. Right. Assume it's going to go to her son. Assume, um, like, as we start to meet more characters, too. Right. Um, that's kind of a good place for us to kind of jump a little bit further. We had her kind of just go to scope out prisoner number one to right. kind of assess his threat level. Right. And then we quickly learn when we get to the next scene with Minister Painin that right. um, she really, like... She feels these threats, but she also doesn't listen to other people around her. She's right. very strong-willed. So what did you make um, – we get to that point where she's giving um, – she got, she meets – we meet Panin, and then we also meet Count Orlov. Right. So what did you guys make of the power dynamic between uh, not just Panin but Orlov too right. and Catherine? Yeah. I, oh, you oh please. Please go it was very interesting to me because you can see they kind of like want her a little bit. My personal like they and it's really weird to me because I don't think she's a very nice person. I really enjoyed watching them in, interact with her though. Yeah. yeah. So I think my take on it too was that instantly the other person we meet is Lieutenant Potemkin who we know is going to become a really key player. We meet him, and it's almost like when Orlov points him out and points out the fact that he was there on the day of the coup Mm. with um, them overthrowing Peter. The moment that he's pointed out to Catherine, it's almost like you can tell that Potemkin is going to have a crush on her. I like him Like a schoolboy crush. I feel like, you know what I... Talk about the contrast and these yeah. kind of opposite powers, right? So what I realized that I feel like Catherine didn't really want to kill her husband in a way. You know what I mean? I think that yeah. was not her kind of choice. Yeah. I think all the men around her are pretty much just using her because she's the female and now we are the majority are men and now we are trying to get a woman 
in power right next to us so we can become also someone in this kind of society at some point. And I think at some point she's also realized, but wait a second, I'm the emperor right now, so I actually have the power. Yeah. I think she doesn't even know already how much power she actually has. I, I agree with you, yeah. and I also think, so the thing with Catherine is that everybody around her, they probably assume, like we have Orlov, right. we've, and we've got Panin. Like yeah. They're like two key guys who exactly. are sort of around at this moment. For sure. Um, and they, like, it, it feels like, especially with Count Orlov, mm. that he was, he thought, okay, I'm going to help her overthrow Peter. And it almost feels like it was his idea. Exactly. And then once I do that, I'm going to be like the you know the de facto ruler of Russia exactly. and she's going to marry me and I'm going to be the emperor and like that this is how this is going to play out right. but we're quickly seeing that no like she Catherine has more exactly. like, power than anybody mm-hmm. and she's going to do it her way exactly I think no one expected that yeah. especially she's, Olaf he didn't expect that right she's also older too yeah. yeah which I feel like they think they can manipulate her because she's a little bit older than them right yeah I agree and um, I, I found it interesting, too, when she actually was giving the speech, um, the way that they played it out where she's giving the speech, we hear her son, Paul, talking to Panin, and we realize not even her son is on wow. her side. That was crazy. It was nuts. Yeah. I was like, I would never talk about my mom like that. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. But it feels like even the son is kind of her own enemy right now, right? So she can't even trust her son anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, at some point, I'm just thinking about I was trying to put myself into the son's shoes. And I was like, wait a second. If I would know that my mom did these kind of things with all these different men, how would I feel about that? So sometimes I had a feeling I kind of get him. But then at the end, I was, I was like, hey, but she's still your mom. Calm down a little bit, right? That's still family. You can't really talk about your mom like that. But it's all about, and at the end of the day, I really have to say this whole show is telling me that power's over everything. If you want to be powerful, there is no relationship surviving here right now. You yeah, know? exactly. It's all about the power. Exactly. And that's yeah. the one thing, like in other shows that deal with the royals or that, right. any royal family, a lot of times we see alliances um, and we see certain parts of the family actually getting together and actually showing love and support. This right. is not one of those situations. No. Nope. No. <laughs> no. She is. There is nobody. Right, right. Um, and so that's one of the things that is especially is so fascinating. Right. So she speaks to the crowd um, about freeing slaves and freeing the serfs. What did you guys make of that? I felt that was great, and yeah. honestly, I didn't see that coming because that showed a lot of humani- humanity. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was like, "Wow, she, what she just said is so right, obviously, and so true." But I would have never expected that. I was, I was thinking she's exactly telling the audience or these people right now what they want to hear because she knows she's in a very powerful position, so she doesn't want to mess that up. Yeah. But she says the complete opposite that actually no one wanted to hear at that time. Yeah. Which was very interesting and very risky of her to do that, but I love it. Especially for a woman who's scared, who, who she says later, I feel like I have no friends. So right. for a woman who's in that position, exactly. to be so direct and not afraid of speaking her mind, right. that is such an interesting yeah. aspect Beautiful. to her character. Beautiful. She reminds me of Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That she just doesn't. And that's the thing with Daenerys is that. Daenerys did the same thing sometimes. She did things that were so unpopular, but she had that power. And nobody could stop her because there's a certain... There's a certain aspect to someone's person that right. if they are, if they kind of exude that power and put their foot down and they're very strong and direct, 
um, and they play things the right way. Mm. It doesn't matter what they say exactly, just that they are, you, you know, just that they are very, um, they're, they, they're very certain of their beliefs. Isn't that something that's happening right now? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. I love right? <laughs> We're turned political. I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. <No>. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So we quickly start to meet all of these different people. Um, we soon realize that one of the key players is going to be Potemkin. Mm. Um, and we kind of, we had a lot of little things happening with him. He was, uh, we meet the Countess Bruce and we see that, that she kind of sleeps with him. That was like... Kind of. Kind, well, definitely <laughs> sleeps with him. But, yeah. but it was interesting because when they were sleeping together and he was talking about Catherine, right. I assumed that he really was just here because he wanted to claim the throne right but we it turns out that he wasn't right he actually likes her yeah yeah he does and it's like he it was weird that he said that to her in the middle of like just having sex with her though yeah yeah it's hard to say because maybe it could see i'm i'm very concerned about this relationship (laughs) i'm concerned about all the relationships i'm concerned about all these males who are kind of like circling her because they're all to me they feel like vultures right that they are just kind of waiting to swoop in and take the crown and you know orlov like he was in it for a point until he realized he was out and had no shot um but now we've got potemkin and he is just um the way that he's playing it, and from what right. I know about history, it feels genuine. Yeah. Um, but I keep worrying that yeah. there's going to be something that happens um, that kind of reveals that he has ulterior motives. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what I also found very interesting, I did a little bit of research to yeah. understand, okay, why is Bruce now sleeping with him beforehand? And, you know, yeah. but Catherine kind of said it to her anyway. I don't and think I was like, she cares. Like, that, it, and that's how they yeah. did it back in the day, because she wanted Bruce to check him first. <laughs> Seriously, kind of sexually, okay, is he all right? Yeah. And then Catherine's taken over. I was like, interesting, right? Yeah. So that's how they did it, I guess. And I just think from what we've read about Catherine, too, the the number of lovers that she had, I just don't think she cares. Like, to her, if if this man who she loves or is starting to fall for, we should say, um, if he's, like, actually, you know, sleeping with somebody else, what is it to her? She doesn't care. Just another young man. <laughs> I right? wonder what her parents were like. That's just like me being me, though. Well, she right. um, she married. She moved to Russia when she was sixteen. So one of the things about Catherine, and even Helen Murrah said this in an interview, is that yeah. Catherine was very self sufficient and almost felt like she'd raised herself. Interesting. So okay. it wasn't. Um, I get the sense from reading all of this that her parents, like the you know her royal parents, right. were not very involved, which is not that untypical for this time period. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, but that's interesting that you say that because I feel like watching her and watching Helen playing her, it feels like she's really trying to answer herself all the questions she has. Right. Yeah. She's not really asking a lot of people. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like she's just listening what people tell her, but she's just pretty much talking to herself and just saying, okay, I think I need to do that. And and one you know, of the so. things they really um, stress, and, and, mm. and Catherine even says, is that 
you have to be a certain kind of person right. to end up where she is. Exactly. And so she, I think the word she used was unscrupulous. Yeah. And so you have to be, you have to have certain abilities and yeah. certain ways of politically like finagling things right. to end up throw, overthrowing your husband yeah. and get it, having him offed. But, and then on top of that, in a world where this didn't happen for women, yes. yeah. So, that made her so much more interesting than me. Yeah. It's, the character is very interesting because I don't even know if she's, is she brutal or is she not? Is she more, is she very emotional and maybe that makes her doing stuff? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Sh- it's very interesting. I so. think she's trying to figure that out for herself. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. And I also feel like, so we get the scene where we, it's the reveal that she's sleeping with Orlov and we get a really interesting conversation with them. We see that they're basically cohabitating together right. and Orlov wants to officially be married to her. Um, and so it almost feels like they're a very, they're a couple that's been together for a long time right. and they're near the end. Um, but it, it just felt very interesting to kind of have it revealed that way. Um, and I just thought we, we got a lot, we learned a lot about Catherine there too. And right. just as we've been seeing her, um, she doesn't, she does things like she wants to free the serfs, but then at the same time, she makes passing remarks along the lines of, mm. well, the rich didn't get rich by giving poor people their money. So she, I feel like to answer that question about, I don't know if she's nice or if she's mean, yeah. I think she's a combination. I think she can be a good person when she needs to be, yeah. and I think she can be ruthless the next minute if that's going to save her yeah, too. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah that was a really mean comment. I forgot about that. In the very beginning, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I also I also feel like when I, I thought about this comment that she did right at the beginning, but it was against Merovich. It yeah. was against this guy. So I felt like she kind of knew or had a feeling what this kind of person can do to her. Yeah. You know, I think the way how she was looking at her and what she was saying to him, she kind of knew, okay, he's he's dangerous for me. And, and I think that was also like the purpose for her saying these kind of lines, I guess. Yeah. It's just what I'm assuming. Exactly. But, and then yeah. like, so Mirovich, we see him throughout the episode. Right. He comes back again yeah. during the coming of age ceremony for Paul. Right. Which, so when Pannon was talking to Paul, they were under the assumption that when Paul came of age, which yeah. is what the ceremony is all about, that he would naturally become the next king. Right. And that the, you know, Catherine would be queen regent and that was it. Right. And then it would pass along to Paul. But that, we quickly see, is not the case. But Mirovich, he's trying to stir people up as all of this is happening. Yeah. He's trying to get people so, like, angry and pissed yeah. off that there's, like, a military. There's another coup. Right. Um, because he specifically goes to the military and tries to, like, you know, egg them on and, like, yeah. just kind of exactly. say, hey, no, like, what are you doing? Like, you know what she did to her husband? Right. And um, so it's not like the threat is real with him. Right. And it's she, Catherine says this over and over again, but any even if it's a tiny little threat, mm. she needs to take care of it. And yeah. one of the things that we see kind of happening in this is this de- inter- internal debate with her right. about whether she should have people killed or not based on whether based on their level of threat. Right. What did you guys make of that and those moments with her? I think she realized that she doesn't have a choice. If she wants to stay in position and being this powerful woman, she has to do what she's maybe not even believing in. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. I think she isn't that brutal to just kill people, but she knows if I'm not doing that right now, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. That's yeah. the bottom line to me. I but. think if she wants to be taken like seriously and she wants the men to see her as somebody that they have to like listen to in a sense, she has to go by like the rules of like the rules that they've been following for years. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a fine line because as an empress, she can have people executed, but she... We can see how much she's struggling with that. Oh, yeah. And the more, not the morals of it, but not just the morals, what is going to serve her the best. Right. And so we kind of see that as a struggle. Um, we also get this kind of, um, we get this card game between her and, you know, Orlov is there. Yeah. And the, the her, you know, all the other, like, people in her, you know, just surrounding her are there. Right, and right. Um, we get this whole... Uh, just kind of a power struggle that's going on between Orlov and Potemkin. Right. And we kind of see them playing off each other and arguing as we're seeing Mirovich kind of stirring up trouble. And right. it's kind of like two separate things that are happening. Um, and eventually, as the as Catherine is getting closer to Potemkin, yeah. uh, we see a little scene between Orlov uh, and his older brother, Inviting Potemkin to play a billiard game. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. That was really interesting. Did, I, did you guys know that... Did you guys feel... Well, how did you guys feel when he fir- when Potemkin first walked up and was invited to play the game? I, I had a feeling it was not just about a game. I knew. I had a feeling they're going to do something with him. Yeah. But what I, what I wanted to say about this scene is was very interesting is he's playing and he's winning the money, right? I think 5000 or something, was it, right? So he, he's winning yeah, the money. Yeah. So he's basically like... He's... He's winning the game at the end of the day. And then they start fighting. And there's this one moment. I don't know if you guys remember that. But when he's standing in front of the window, he sees the window. He's looking at the window for a millisecond and then is looking back to the brother. And now then the brother is basically hitting him and he's falling out of the window. So for me, it was like, wait a second. He planned that even. I know, Yeah. Do you the, feel the same? I mean, like... I felt exactly the same way. So I think what... Even though, so Potemkin, I'm trying to read him because right yeah. now he he's a he's a soldier. So right. I assumed that naturally, as an active soldier, he was going to be very strong as well. Yeah. But from his conversation with Orlov, with the two Orlov bros, as I called them in my notes, <laughs> they are <laughs> they, from there from just the way that um, from the way that they were talking, were speaking with him, and just like if we look back at the card playing game, yeah. the common sense like the consensus seems to be that uh, Potemkin is like the brains and that Orlov feels like he's more of the brute strength that's the power dynamic I was feeling between the two of them yeah especially when Orlov kept mentioning that the Turks were coming and there was going to be a battle yeah um so I just got that sense that that's what this whole argument was about was over okay we need somebody who's strong as in orlov to help with catherine not somebody who's intelligent yeah and so not that orlov is not intelligent but i think that they were just trying to show that um, potemkin was you know superior intel intellectually and that that was kind of what he was bringing to the table yeah and so when they had the scene i knew when they when the orlov bros called him in right that they knew okay we're stronger than this guy there's two of us even if we weren't let's kill him like let's handle it and we already knew it was already hinted that orlov and his brother took care of peter so, so you think they really wanted to kill him? I again. think that was the plan. Even I, killing him, I right? think they were going yeah. to make him think he was winning that billiard game, like right. from the get-go. Oh, interesting. And, when, and I, I think they knew, okay, well, there's a window. Like you said, they were looking at it. Right. Um, I think that they were going to beat him up and then yeah. make it look like they got into a fight and yeah. accidentally kicked him out right. the window. All three of them got into the same fight? Yeah. yeah. I... Why, why play the game? Why not just kill him? Well, I think that they were worried that politically speaking, if they just killed him, 
they that Catherine, who is, is fond mm. of Potemkin, would probably have them executed, or that it just wouldn't look good, and it would look like they were that the you know that yeah. they were just killing somebody. Right. Whereas if they were having a physical fight. And people from you know below probably were overhearing this. Right. It probably seemed like they got into a like a fight over arguing, right. and that it accidentally led to a, yeah. a okay. window yeah. shove. That's what I'm thinking. It That's was. a it's a good response. Yeah, but I even I even believe that Potemkin is so smart that he even used the situation knowing that they're going to do that to him anyway to his yeah. advantage. Yeah. He smiled. I think he did that on purpose. While he was getting yeah. hit. I think he was trying to beat them up himself and trying to just get out of the situation. But when he realized, okay, they're probably going to be stronger, two men against one, maybe they're going to be stronger. I used that to my advantage because I know already, hey, wait a second, I can feel that Catherine likes me. Exactly. And now exactly. I'm trying to be the, the guy, unfortunate, I was beating up, oh my God, I, look how do look how I look like. And, yeah. you know, this kind of guy. Yeah. I think he uses that right now. So before we get to our special segments, let's yeah. speak about the final scene right. where kind of what you were mentioning yeah. about how he's all beaten up, his yeah. face is like kind of like messed up. Yeah. Um, Potemkin doesn't want to go to the party. What I found interesting, though, on top of all of that mm. was that um, they were that the men were wearing traditionally feminine outfits and the females were wearing traditionally male outfits. I thought that that was done on purpose. I didn't research whether that actually happened or not, but I thought that in terms of the show, it was done on purpose because they were trying to say, no, the females have the power and um, that this is how it's going to be. And we're not like, Catherine's not going anywhere. And I also kind of thought that it was speaking to our generation, to everything going on now. Yeah, for sure. Um, not so much, I don't want to say the Me Too movement because I feel like that isn't quite it, but this movement of, you know, hey, like it's it's in, you know, even in government or in Hollywood, it's it's mm. been like, uh, you know, a gentleman's club. And so now um, the mean. power is, not that the power is shifting, but it's starting to become more equal. Right. And there's more representation for females. And right. I feel like that's what the show is also speaking to, right. um, aside from that actual everything going on right. in 1770 right. as well. So what, what, just real quickly, what were your thoughts on those final scene, on that final scene? I was not expecting to see that. I liked it. It was really funny, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, one of them said, my tits are too big or something. Yeah, yeah. And that <laughs> caught me so off guard, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I like, I like their interpretation of, like, what a woman is and, like, how they're supposed to act. I thought that was really, like, brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And the, the same, I thought the same thing, and I appreciate that you said that already. I think it really much speaks about our time too because yeah. talking about uh, trans, uh, transgenders for example talking about the gay community you know everyone today wants to be free and do whatever they feel like is the right thing for them and what they love and passionate yeah. about and i think that was a great moment to see hey even back then men just were wearing like dresses and like you know having makeup on and stuff like that yeah. it was interesting to see that it all comes back in a way right so that's a beautiful thing I think. yeah so absolutely i appreciated absolutely. that yeah so let's go ahead and get to our first segment we're going to talk about the historical inaccuracies in Catherine the great oh yeah so um here's the thing hbo they are partnering up with sky to do this this is their second time Chernobyl was the first HBO and Sky collaboration, and Chernobyl was very historically accurate. Um, Catherine the Great has also is along the same vein in terms of it's very close. Okay. Um, there's just a couple of really tiny things. Everything going on um, with Ivan the, the, the um, sixth, he was prisoner number one. 
he actually was executed when he was when it was like 1762 when Catherine first became the empress. They're showing it in 1770. So it's just a couple of date things. The only other thing I wanted to mention was when Catherine says in the beginning in her speech that she's German. Um, that's it's a little more nuanced than that. So Catherine was technically from Prussia. Mm. Germany, this is 1762 that, well, 1770 right now. Um, but when Catherine lived in Prussia, there was technically no unified Germany. So she would have said that she was Prussian. Um, German nationalist, yes, she probably would have. Been. She was definitely a German nationalist when I looked that up. Germany was not unified until 1871 under Otto von Bismarck. So technically, she was not German. She was Prussian. Um, outside of that, everything was pretty accurate with a couple of date um, mix-ups. Thank you, Otto. <laughs> Danke. <laughs> yeah, so let's go ahead and get to our next segment, Ben. Yeah, uh, guys, I definitely want to talk about that, right? We have the special segment right now. And as we know that Catherine really likes younger men, right? I felt like, <laughs> oh, hey, wow. why not talking about the present? Because that's actually one of the biggest topics we also have today that also celebrity women are dating younger men. And what would be the best example to show today, of course, Jennifer Lopez. We love you, Jennifer Lopez, but I know, and we all know that you also love younger men. And the first example I wanted to show you is basically like a past relationship she had with Casper Smart. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was back in the day, around three, four years ago. She was basically like in a relationship with him. She was dating him and he was 29 at that point and she was 47. Oh, wow. You know, but, and I'm always thinking like, oh my God, man, Casper, you have J-Lo, <laughs> okay? Why did you cheat on her twice? Yeah. Oh, I Even don't remember once that at much. all. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You cheated on her? I was basically, I did my research, people, where, okay? where is he now, though? That's, <laughs> that's, and that's the point. Where is he now? He's gone, right? But what he basically did, and it's very, very funny, he said... You know, it was a mistake. And he basically went on Instagram and was apologizing every time for months. And then he also got a tattoo on his leg saying, you have to embrace the darkness. <laughs> oh. You have to embrace the darkness to see the light. Do you I don't remember I mean? this. So oh he basically gosh. was cheating on her to go through darkness and then hopefully wow. seeing the light. He but the light up. never happened. Wow. So I just wanted to ask you guys, because you are female, I'm male, but you have to tell me now. So what do you guys think about that older women are dating younger men? Also, audience at home, please say tell us your comments, please. I don't think that females should be held to a different standard than men, and there are plenty of men who date... Who was it that Dennis Quaid just got engaged to, to somebody? A 26-year-old. 26. What? And, and his, nobody... I mean, yeah. okay, a couple people are kind of like, what, because he's 65? Because it's weird. Yeah, but, oh, wow. but I didn't hear that. But wow. like another prime example is, um, and I just did an article about this, but Ashton Kutcher, when he was dating Demi Moore and Bruce Willis, who had been married to Demi, right. um, he no one batted an eye when he was dating somebody like right. 25 years his junior. Right. So I, I don't think it should be. I don't care. Like if you love is love, like you should be with who you want to be. with. Totally agree. Thank you yeah. so much for saying that. I yeah. think it's just a number at the end of the day. Right. But I just wanted to point that out because when I when I did some research on Catherine the Great, I was like, wow, I didn't expect that back in the day like that, you know. Yeah. So I think she had 22 guys. Ooh, wow. I was like respect for that. Right. Yes. So, but anyways, just let us know your comments on YouTube, right? If yeah. you're watching the show, we would love to hear from you guys. What do you think about that, right? Let us know. Thank you so much. That was it. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> perfect because now we're gonna jump to our news segment with Haley. Yes. 
So if you really liked this show and you want to learn more about Captain the Great, Time Magazine actually did a whole like article about it. It's very like it's very very detailed. So mm-hmm. if you are a history buff, I think you'd really like this. There's a video too, so oh. you can re- you can watch the video and then read the article. Awesome. And that's actually it's funny because that was one of the sites I was oh. reading through Me too. when I was trying to find the real history right. of Catherine the Great. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, for all of you watching at home, that is a I, I read through it too as a history buff. Yes, definitely. It's very, very thorough and the video is amazing, so watch it. Uh, for our last segment, let's jump to our predictions. Your after buzz TV predictions. Ben, would you like to start? Thank you. So what I'm just saying is, I know it's going to happen. She's going to have a lot of good sex with Potumkin. <laughs> oh. And with Tumkin and a lot more people, I guess. So I would love to see that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so we're ending on sex. <laughs> yeah, Haley? Okay. I think I agree with that. I think Potumkin <laughs> is going to be very angry about this, though. I think he like actually like wants to, like, is dating a thing back then? Um, not in this traditional sense, but courting. I think he wants her to be his lady. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Mirovich is going to die. Not next episode. Well, they actually, that was the very end of this one, is that they really? executed him. Yeah, yeah, that was him, actually. That was him? That yeah. was him, yeah. That was him. Never mind, yeah. then. Yeah, so you yeah. were right. I was right. <laughs> so yeah. you saw the future already. Damn. <laughs> Your prediction is dead on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think that, I mean, we know that this show is going to be very historically accurate, and so I am assuming that based on the trailer and based on everything we've seen so far, we are going to get a lot between Potemkin and Catherine, and we're going to see kind of their relationship, where what I'm really thinking is going to happen is we're going to see them have, like, maybe another, this is a four-episode series, Mm miniseries, so we're maybe going to have maybe the next episode kind of revolves around more of their love and their relationship. I think we're going to do time jumps, too, because I think that the show is supposed to cover the end of her oh, wow. um like up and through up through the moment when she passes oh uh, I, I believe from, in four episodes wow yeah i believe i could be wrong but the trailer made it look like that right. so that's part of my prediction um i think that we're gonna see their them their relationship kind of grow in this next episode right and then when we get to the final couple it's gonna be um them apart from each other and how they both kind of struggle with everything going on in Russia right. and the Turkish war and everything that's going on um, up and through the end of her um, reign. Right. So that's kind of where I see it going. So next episode, I feel like we're going to get more of them together and Orlov. I, I almost sense that Orlov's going to try to stage some kind of coup too or her son Paul. So I think she's going to have a lot to contend with. You think that of Paul. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, there's nothing. Like, I don't, I don't think, think Paul's her. that smart. Just... I think, I don't know that he's necessarily smart, I agree with you, but I think that he is very power hungry, and I think that might trump any kind of intelligence, and he has friends who will help him. I agree with you on that. The minister, right? What's his name again? Um, Panin. Panin. I think he basically kind of controls Paul a little bit. I think think Paul is believing and is doing exactly what he's telling him at the end of the day. And another prediction is that with Panin, I don't think that he's good to Catherine. I don't think she should trust him. She is trusting him, surprisingly. um, But I don't think she should, and I think he's going to burn her. For sure, because he's always saying that every time when when you see him on, on screen, like, I was always loyal to you. Yeah. Right, every time. That you are, I'm one of the reasons why you're in this position. Oh, that is And I think she kind of 
like acknowledge that a yeah. little bit, you know. So yeah. we'll see. Well, thank you guys for your predictions. We have run out of time for today, unfortunately. So, Ben, where can everybody find you? Oh, my God. Okay, thank you so much, by the way, for doing that today, guys. I love it. So, you can find me on Instagram and also Facebook at Benjamin Schnau. I always say that in German. S-C-H-N-A-U. Just think about the dog and you got it. Thank you. Hey, guys. You can find me everywhere at Haley Matthews. And I am Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Twitter at Rachel Goodman or on my author Instagram at Rachel Radner Author. I'm also on Facebook at Rachel Radner as well. Until next time, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to discuss episode two of Catherine the Great. Bye, everybody. Bye. Genau. <laughs> in the world and we're the only destination for all your favorite tv shows whatever you crave we've got it so go to afterbuzztv.com and check out our lineup buzz you later <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of afterbuzz tv or its owners or principals